So welcome, Marianne Thibault, to the, the podcast. Thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here. No, I must say thank you very much for doing this because you know, it is a little bit different compared to my other guests. You know, it's, um, mm -hmm. But this is probably one that's really important um, for me and I'm sure another a lot of other Van Halen fans as well really appreciate you being on the podcast today. So thank you. You're welcome. I'm excited to tell my little story. Yeah. So for those who don't know, so you were the, the carer for Eddie Van Halen uh, back in 2018, right, for two months? Yeah. Yep. It was about three months um, from, oh, like early September through mid-November uh, mid 2018. Yeah, 2018, yeah. 18. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so I guess, first of all, how did you get that job? I was lucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Uh, I, I decided I've been a nurse for 35 years and have worked locally in Michigan and decided that about a year before that, I decided to go into travel nursing, which um, you can pretty much choose your location and um, sign a contract for 13 to 16 weeks and work for a hospital. So I had decided to do travel nursing um, a couple years prior to that. And I worked in a couple different states, um, South Carolina and Alaska. And I decided to take an assignment in um, Los Angeles, California, because my oldest son lived, lived there at the time. So I decided to uh, sign the contract and I worked for a hospital in Burbank called Providence Hospital. And my field of expertise is home health. So I didn't work in the hospital, but I was a nurse that went out into the community and saw patients throughout the day. So I had anywhere between five and six patients and I would travel around in the Los Angeles Burbank area and take care of various different patients. Um, so I was working for Providence Hospital, and I actually lived with my son who lived literally in the heart of Hollywood. He was pretty much about a block off Hollywood Boulevard. Um, he worked in downtown Los Angeles, so I lived with him. I started working there in the summer of 2018 and loved it so much, especially the weather. It was gorgeous, so I extended my contract. And uh, it was a weekend that I was expected to work. So we rotated um, like one every four weekends, I would pick up and work both Saturday and Sunday. And I never really knew who I was gonna see because as a contract nurse, I was filling in for the nurses. Um, most of them were case managers and had regular patients, but I would fill in if somebody was off or if somebody was on vacation. And so on that Saturday, I was getting ready for work and I opened my laptop up to see who, who I was going to go travel to. Um, and the, the code for somebody in more of a higher security, I guess, system, like uh, a, a movie star or somebody that's pretty prominent, your, your laptop would open and you would see the words, break the glass. Okay. So they always warned us, you know, if that happens, be prepared because you're going to see you're, it's going to be somebody famous. <laughs> well, that Saturday morning, I opened my laptop up and it said, break the glass. And that just meant that I had a higher security code to get into the system. Anyway, when I did what I needed to do, I opened up the laptop and 
one of my patients that day was Edward Ludwig Van Halen. And I pretty much about fell over because I thought this cannot be true. This cannot be real. I am not going to see Eddie Van Halen. And I started like Googling, what is Eddie Van Halen's middle name? Sure enough, it matched. And then all of a sudden, as I got into the system, um, it really was Eddie Van Halen. So um, that's how I got the assignment. It was very random. Uh, I They just assigned him to me because I was working that weekend. It just so happened that that was, that was the day that he needed to begin home care. And I was the lucky nurse. And so, uh, yeah, that's how I, that's crazy. That's how I got the assignment. That's amazing. And had you, mm -hmm. I, mean, I guess you would have known about Van Halen prior to that. Yeah. So I grew up in the eighties <laughs> and, uh, listened to Eddie Van Halen a lot in the eighties. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love the band, um, love the music and it was just a really, a really popular band at the time and you know just yeah huge van halen fan um never in a million years did i ever think that i was going to actually be in his home caring for him um but yeah it happened and i i had him as a patient through for about three months until i was done doing what i needed to do and um it was truly probably one of the most iconic experiences of my career. I had other famous people in the Hollywood area, but nobody as big as him in that vicinity in Studio City in Hollywood Hills. There were a lot of like movie producers or um, set people or second secondary actors or actresses that would be in movies. And I did have a handful, um, but certainly nobody that was that that huge so yeah. well that's pretty huge yeah yeah it was it was quite an experience yeah so mm -hmm. how many days were you there each week um so i would be i would go to his house uh anywhere between two and three days a week okay. um some weeks maybe only once some weeks, twice, um, but it was definitely every week mm. for that time frame. I would um, drive up into um, Coldwater Canyon. That's where he lived, up in the Hollywood Hills. It's Studio City, and wind my way up the canyon. Beautiful area, very pretty. There's tons and tons of movie stars that live up in that vicinity, and the homes are just, you know, incredibly gorgeous. And of course, his home was gated. Yep. So I had to buzz the gate when I came up there and the gate would open and I would drive up, up in this beautiful driveway and pull right up to his garage. And uh, most of the time he would be right there to greet me. Um, he'd come out to the garage, especially the first day, because yeah. I really was didn't wasn't quite certain you know, where I was going and how I was getting up there. I had the Google, you know, I had the map on my, on my phone. So I knew where to go. But once I got to the actual house, I was like, so do I just like pull in your driveway or, you know, how am I doing this? He goes, just buzz the gate, drive up and I'll be right there. Yep. Sure enough, he was there waiting for me, nervous Nelly. And I just, was like, <laughs> I, I, I just kept telling myself, you've got to calm down. You have to just go in and be 
professional and you cannot talk, you cannot mention Eddie Van Halen, the band, you cannot talk about that. This is not why you're here. Yeah. So I never did until the very last day when it was uh, over. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, just talking about that first experience, though, when you first met him, how mm -hmm. was that? Like, was it just um, out of this world? <laughs> Yeah, he's so very nice gentleman. Uh, when I called him on the phone to let him know that I was going to be his home care nurse and I was um, going to be coming up to see him, um, he was just like a gentleman. He's like, you've got to call me Ed. He always had me call him Ed. Um, and he was like, very casual when I, you know, whenever I went there, especially the first day, he, he was just like a normal person. He just came out to my car, opened the door, said, come on in. Uh, we would always sit in his kitchen and I got to hold Cody a lot, his little dog. He was always holding Cody pretty much all the time when I was there. Cody was either on the kitchen countertop or in Eddie's arms. And a couple of times I was holding Cody, cutest little dog. Um, but he was just really casual. Um, a lot of times Eddie was on the phone, um, talking to people. There was a buzz of energy around, around the house. There was always uh, people coming and going. Um, there was always people working on his cars, people in the garden. Um, it just seemed like um, a very like uh, high energy, um, exciting place to be. Um, and he, you know, he wanted to get down to business. We had to do our thing, do what I had to do. And usually I wasn't there very long, maybe 30 minutes each time. Okay. He always seemed very busy and there was a lot of things going on. Um, but for the most part, it was, uh, he made it really easy. I mean, I just, I went into it as a professional person and never really during that time I was there, my, my focus was caring for him, um, you know, doing what I needed to do medically and, um, never really, never really blinked an eye that I was sitting across from Eddie Van Halen. Um, just, I just got into a different mode when I, when I went in there and, uh, he was very kind all the time, very thankful for everything I did, very appreciative of everything. Um, and just, yeah, a super, super nice person. Mm. So did you ever have the guitars or playing the guitars while you were there? I, I did not go into the studio. I drove by the studio every time because it was right there. Um, I did not see him playing or I didn't ask him to play, but there was a room when I walked in the house, I walked in through the garage. There was, uh, the garage doors were always open for me. So I walked in through a garage entrance. When I went into the house, I had to pass a few rooms to get to the kitchen where, where he was always sitting and waiting for me. The rooms that I passed, there was one room to the right that was loaded with guitars. <laughs> and I would just kind of look in there <laughs> and I just, I would just go by the room and take a quick peek and just keep walking. <laughs> um, I'm assuming they were some of his favorites or, you know, when he, when he played in the house, I don't know, but um, I never, I never went in the studio. I did see it. It was kind of up on the hill across the street from the garage and would have been great to see it but yeah I never did yeah yeah I guess that's probably the only what half hour of his, his day without a guitar by the sounds of things probably yeah, yeah probably yeah um but yeah it was kind of neat to see just to look in there and, and see the guitars and yeah it was crazy yeah so I guess I mean 
you would have spent a lot of time with him. I mean, going over those two, three months, half hour, mm-hmm. two times a week. So you would get to know him personally as well as a person. Um, I would say I, I didn't, we didn't do a lot of like chit chatting yeah. about other things. Although he did ask me um, a few times we talked about where I was from and what are you doing out here in LA? And cause he knew I was a travel nurse and he's like, what, what are you doing in LA? And I, you know, we talk about my son living in Los Angeles and my travel experiences and he knew I was from Michigan and he talked a couple times about um, touring in Michigan. And he's like, Oh yeah, I've been to Michigan a few times. And um, in fact, on the very last day um, when I discharged him from home care, he said to me, I'm planning on, um, I'm hoping to tour again. And he said, and if I do, we'll definitely probably get to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I'll hook you up with some tickets. And I was like, that would be fantastic. So um, I had his phone number. He had my phone number. We did a lot of texting back and forth um, because it would be setting up my appointments with him um, and just chit-chatting. And he said to me on that last day, I've got your number. And uh, if I get, if I tour again and get to Michigan, I'll I'll text you and, and get you hooked up with some tickets. So unfortunately he never did tour again, which is really sad. But um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't just, we didn't talk a lot about a lot of personal things. I did meet Janie, his wife, and she was just kind as ever. And again, high energy. She was always buzzing around. I think, I believe she's involved in um, a lot of like theatrical performances and dancing. And it's like, she was always buzzing in and out doing something, but um, always super friendly. Um, and just really kind. And that was, that was the only family member that I met. And there was just a lot of other people. I'm I'm assuming they were his, you know, employees working, working around the house. Yeah. So I guess about that time, Wolfgang would have been recording his album or pretty busy doing that as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking that was about the time frame. I I never did meet him. Hmm. Um, Like I said, Eddie was on the phone all the time probably talking to a lot of family members when I was there doing what I had to do. So that was kind of cool. He did have a, um, it it was kind of strange how I got the job because he did have a private nurse, but the private nurse who I met one time was actually on vacation when, when Eddie needed some extra medical care. So if the nurse hadn't have been on vacation, I would have never, I would have never been out there to take care of him. But his private nurse, um, who I met took care, did that specifically with a lot of different high profile people. He, he was like strictly working in that Hollywood area and was like a private nurse to a lot of the famous people, but he was gone. So when I took over the position, um, I think Eddie just decided, well, since you're already here, you're with Providence Hospital, you might as well finish up doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It, you know, even though his private nurse had came back from vacation, um, he could have probably just ended our services with the hospital, but he just continued until we were finished with everything that I needed to do. Okay. Yeah. So did he ever like call you for 
other things to come up to the house to do? Or was it like a, a set schedule that you had? Well, that's kind of funny because um, it, it really was a set schedule. And that's usually how home care works yeah. is that you um, you plan your schedule and you, you plan on seeing a patient so many days per week for whatever needs are. Okay. For instance, a lot of times I would draw blood on people and take that, take their blood to the lab. Um, you know, there was just different, different things that you do in home care, but he did call me a few times and I wasn't scheduled to see him. And he would call me and say, Hey, can you come on up here? The doctor wants this or the doctor wants that. And normally I probably would have said, you know, I really, I can't, I like, I'm on a strict schedule. I've got like six other people to see. And I'd be running all around Los Angeles. And I'll tell you what, the traffic in Los Angeles was crazy. And nine times out of 10, I would actually take an Uber to my patients because I didn't want to deal with driving seven lanes on the freeway. So I would actually have a backpack and my laptop and I would, I would walk and get an Uber, take it to the house that I was going to and grab another Uber. But when I saw him, um, fortunately my son had an extra vehicle and he's like, go ahead and use it, mom. You know, you're driving up into the Canyon. You're going way up there. Um, I don't want you Ubering up there. And honestly, I didn't really want to Uber to Eddie Van Halen's house. I thought that would be a little sketchy. (laughs) So I decided I'll use his car. So there were a few times where Eddie would call and say, hey, Marianne, can you come on up? Like the doctor just called me and needs some blood work done. Mm. And I would immediately like reschedule everybody else and go, (laughs) yep, I'll be there. No problem. I'm on my way. Give me 10 minutes and I'll be up there. (laughs) So I did make accommodations and I I would always, uh, yeah, it only happened a few times where he needed something that wasn't on my normal schedule with him. Okay. But yeah, I would most definitely accommodate it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was your son a fan as well? Pardon me? Was your son a Van Halen fan? Well, he's a lot younger than me. So he, he likes Van Halen. He's 30. I'm 58. So there's a big gap there in the uh, music, in the era of what was popular, but definitely. um, Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he knows Eddie Van Halen. I think he about flipped when I told him, you know, that where I was going and, you know, that was one of my patients. Um, Yeah. It was, it was kind of crazy. And I, I really couldn't, because of HIPAA violations, you really can't, um, you can't like go around saying, this is my patient, you know, this is who I have, this is who I have. (laughs) So I I maintained pretty much through that whole entire time. um, I I just didn't, you know, I didn't tell people when it was finished. And when we, we completed our last visit, I, um, (laughs) I, I told my, my kids, I said, I'm going to get a picture one way or another. I said, and they're like, you can't do that, mom. That's really, you cannot do that. I said, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to have this assignment and, and go with the whole entire career and have the, one of the most iconic patients and not get a picture. So I finished up everything I needed to do on that day that we were discharging and I got my paperwork signed. Um, I completed everything. I told him, you know, we're done. We're good to go. I'm going to give, you know, report back to your doctor. And he said, that's great. 
And I said, um, how, you know, were you happy with the services? And he said, yeah, you were fabulous. I, you know, your hospital was great. And so I closed my computer down. I shut my laptop, completed everything. And I was packing up my gear and I stopped and I looked at him and I said, okay, now that it's over, I said, I am a huge fan of yours. (laughs) And I said, do you mind if we get a picture? And he said, I really wondered when you were going to ask me that. Oh, really? <laughs> I, said, I couldn't really ask you that. And then it was like, we kind of laughed. And I think it was like a housekeeper or somebody snapped the picture of us. Um, I took a couple pictures and shook his hand. And I, you know, I just told him it was a pleasure. And he, you know, said, thank you. And he's like, I definitely will get a hold of you if I'm touring. And then um, off I went. And then at that point, I think I pretty much told my family and my friends, your guys are not going to believe who I was had the pleasure to take care of for a few yeah. months. <laughs> yeah. <incredible. laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So really, it wasn't until that last day that he, he knew that you knew of him. Yeah. So I told him and he said, I kind of figured, but he, we just, we didn't really talk about that kind of, you know, we just never, never really talked about it. I never really mentioned, you know, what songs I really liked or that, you know, I grew up in the eighties and was a huge fan. I never, I never did see him in concert though. I've never seen a a Van Halen concert. Hmm. Um, So that, but I just, the music, you know, we always listened to that music back in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So after that, was there any other interaction with Eddie or that was pretty much it? After No, nope, that? that was it. That was the end. I, I actually came, I, I left Los Angeles in December and um, finished my travel nursing assignment and came back home. And I have, um, I've stopped traveling for that length of time. I still travel up to the state of Alaska for a couple of weeks out of the year. I kept my contract there because I really love that state and I really love I love Alaska and the people that I care for up there. So I decided to uh, sign a contract with them where every year I travel up there for about two weeks, but I have a full-time job in Michigan. So I never did travel again out to Los Angeles. Um, My son now lives in New York city. So I don't know if I'll get back to LA. Uh, If he ever moves back there, I'm sure that I'll go back someday and yeah. maybe drive up on Coldwater Canyon and pass the house, you know, yeah. and reminisce about those days. But yeah, I, I never had any contact with him. I followed all the Facebook pages and there's a lot of Eddie Van Halen groups and I would always be on there watching things. And yeah, sadly I did. I watched the progression, how he, you know, it seems like whenever I saw like an Instagram or a video posting or something he, he, he just seemed to decline. I, I could tell from a medical standpoint, as a nurse, mm-hmm. I saw, I saw the decline and it was just sad because I was like, you know, I just don't think he's pulling out of this. I don't, I don't think he's, he's pulling out of the cancer. And, uh, it just was like a slow progression that mm-hmm. I, that I saw from, from afar as a nurse. And he just, didn't seem like he got the energy back and got, got back what I think he was hoping to get back. Mm. But the, the time you're there with him, like, was he pretty much up and about? Like, are you looking fit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was up and about. Um, he actually, um, he was actually traveling to Germany for a few weeks 
like, I, I don't know if it was every month or I don't know if it was every other month, but he was actually traveling to Germany at the time there was um, a progressive treatment for the kind of cancer he had. And he would travel there to get the treatment and then come back to the United States. Um, he was very, he seemed pretty active to me. He seemed in, in good shape and in good health and um, yeah, moving around and, you know, just, I think at that time, the treatment, um, I think it was, there were hopes that it was going to put the cancer into a complete remission. And it, and it might've, I don't know, honestly, um, it, if it did go into remission, obviously it came back in another form, um, which I think eventually took his, you know, took his life at the very end. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, I guess a lot of people know about, you know, what happened towards the end and like mm -hmm. going up to Germany and then the whole pandemic hit and, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and i and i believe from just from what i've read i think that the cancer eventually um went got went to his brain and um i knew he was hospitalized um for some time at the very end um my understanding is that his his wife Janie was by his side and his son Wolfie and i think even Valerie his ex-wife were by his side um, when he passed away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I still can't forget that day when, when I found out, you know, cause everyone knew that I was a, a big Van Halen fan and grew up on Van Halen. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just calling me, did you hear the news? I, you know, <laughs> I was in tears Where, for two yeah. days. You know. <laughs> Where were you when you heard the news? I was just woke up. I was in bed. My wife actually came in and said, oh, cause I think we had um, got a family line where we all talk to each other. And I think mm -hmm. my brother might have posted it and um you know, I opened up and had a look and yeah, just just cried. And then I yeah. took my kids to school and on the way home they were playing um I think it might have been jump on the radio as a dick. And then I just uh, <laughs> I was a mess. Yeah. 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 What's really sad is that for me, I've been a nurse for a long time and I've I've had a lot of patients that have had cancer. Mm. Um I've seen, I've worked actually for hospice as well. And I've seen just a lot of different types of cancer. And I have a really good understanding just from treating patients and in the medical field that it is a beast and it will, it, cancer is just one of those things that it's, it's, it's like lingering in the background and you you just never know if it's going to completely go away or if it's going to eventually come back in another shape or form. Um, and in, in my mind, there's so many people that I've taken care of that have had cancer that I find out two years later, and especially up in Alaska, mm -hmm. many of the patients up there choose an alternative treatment method. Um, so they're not into the, the standard chemotherapy or regular treatment. They choose something alternative and that cancer just comes back and yeah. it, it gets them one way or another. And it's, it's very sad. And, yeah. you know, in my mind, I was always in the back of my mind, I wondered because he had had several different forms of it. Mm. Um, and it just creeped its way into another place, you know, and I thought, gosh, I really hope that it for once and for all, you know, the treatment that he was going through was going to completely get rid of it. 
But in my mind, I did, I just didn't have that feeling. I just didn't have that gut feeling that it would be wiped out forever, you know, but I think he had his, he had good years. He had good years where it was in remission and it was gone completely. And then, you know, boom, it would just eventually come back. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, he's definitely left a, a huge legacy behind. I mean, yeah. Look on the internet now, there's so many like different YouTube channels all about Eddie and, you know, mm-hmm. part of a few of those. And yeah, it's just amazing. And you can see by the guitars and everything. You know? I know. I see all that. So, <laughs> what, what, uh, what's your favorite song to play when you I've play actually, one of your guitars? Yeah. But my new one here actually got made uh, last year from a guy called Neil Daly in America. He, um, okay. He like does the replicas of the Van Halen guitars. Okay, wow. So he actually made this one up to my uh, specifications. And it's just, it's amazing. It's my favorite guitar ever. It's incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, you've got quite a collection there. Yeah. <laughs> what what song is your favorite song to play when you think of Eddie? Oh, to play? Yeah, to play. Uh, yeah. I mean, to actually play on guitar, probably, I mean, I love the, the full bug. And, um, I mean, we used to play Panama in our band. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. All those ones, you know, <laughs> Hoffa Teacher. Okay, yeah. I, play, I can't play it as well as him, but, you know, <laughs> I try. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's great. Yeah. I was just, um, in, you know, thinking about this podcast and Eddie, I earlier today I turned my YouTube channel on and I, I was just, you know, randomly looking at some old um, performances. And I came across, um, when he played in front of the Jimmy Kimmel studio in 2015, that was right. That's right on Hollywood Boulevard. So that is, I would, I would walk by the Jimmy Kimmel studio and walk right down Hollywood Boulevard, like almost every day. I had a little dog at the time Mm. and I would always just walk on Hollywood Boulevard. And I, I came across that video, um, of them, performing um in front of the jimmy kimmel studio and then he also performed at the hollywood bowl um i i think it was maybe 2015 and i've been to the hollywood bowl as well to see other performances so yeah it was just really cool to be in in that hollywood area and he he just i think he just was out and about a lot because i've seen a lot of pictures and you know, just him out shopping and at a coffee shop and, you know, with Janie, they'd be walking around. So because he lived there for so long yeah. in Studio City. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Okay. And I don't really even know um, if if anyone's like living at the house. I don't know if Janie still lives there or I think you had mentioned that they were that um, Wolfgang was recording at yeah. 5150. Yeah. So he's back there now recording his second album. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it sure was a beautiful home. And, um, I do know that he, he married Janie on the property of that home. Yeah, that's right. And it is gorgeous. Yeah. Really gorgeous home, Yeah, but they all are. I mean, they're all huge mansions up there. So yeah. <laughs> so you got to see all these cars as well. So I could take it going through that garage. A few of them. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't recall the types, but I can tell you that, um, there was a few, there was a collection and there was always somebody working on the cars. Yeah. <laughs> there was always somebody doing something to the cars, but yeah. Yeah, I've actually got a little photo here. Let me see if I can share it. 
um, this is Eddie in two of these cars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> you know, the I don't remember seeing cars, um, like that. The ones I okay. saw in the garage were little tiny sports cars, okay. little miniature sporty cars. I, I wouldn't even know the types that they were, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but he did have quite a collection of cars, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, but, yeah. But, um, but overall, yeah, just a, you know, like a fantastic person and everything you hear about Eddie, it's just um, always smiling, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he was always smiling. He definitely um, smiled. He had an interesting sense of humor and he, yeah, it, it just, it's hard to describe. It, it's hard to describe. He was very, he wasn't shy and he just, he liked to talk. Um, there was always chitter chatter and different people in and out. And like I said, he was always on the phone. I thought he's a busy guy because he was always talking to somebody on the phone. Yeah. And I'd be trying to do my stuff and talk to him and he'd be making appointments or doing whatever he was doing. So I'm sure he was a really busy guy. Yeah. So you never heard anything about the, the tool that was hopefully coming up? I did not. No, no. He just said, we're hoping to tour again. Yeah, yeah. I really don't even know when that was supposed to happen. Um, I don't know if it was like 2019, but then you're right. The pandemic hit after that. So yeah. I don't, I don't even know if they had any plans, really um, anything concrete where they were going to tour again. Yeah. Did you hear anything about that? I mean, there's all talk about the, the kitchen sink tour where they're going to try and get everyone back and do this. Yeah. Stuff, but I don't know how far they got or what the right. situation was. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what he was referring to when he talked about the touring again. And I think it was in the making. I think they had just started talking about it in hopes that it would happen. But... Yeah. Yeah, it never, unfortunately, never did. Yeah. But, I mean, Wolfgang's just a, is an amazing talent so to leave that behind. and um, I know. He was just on that uh, Dave Grohl, uh, Taylor Hawkins tribute show where he played, I don't know if you, did you see that one? No, I didn't see oh, that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he played um, Hoffa Teacher in Panama. Oh, he did. Wow. That's, just like, that's note, great. Note for notes. It was like, incredible. <laughs> that's crazy yeah I mean obviously he there that talent was passed down to him I mean yeah. obviously when you when you see him play and yeah. um and he played I, quite a bit with the band I think towards in the last few years yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. um yeah I mean I think that he's he's carrying that legacy on and oh, yeah. I just know from everything I read it was really hard for him I mean he struggled to, to go on, you know, that was just really, really tough, but he's obviously um, carrying that legacy on and performing yeah. some of those great songs and creating new songs. So that's really cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. But I'm definitely jealous of your time spending with Eddie, but, <laughs> but thank you for sharing it with us. It's really, really appreciate Yeah, it. you're welcome. Yeah. It's a, it's a part of my career. It's, it's like I said, probably the most iconic, uh, three months that I had in my career and I truly treasure it. And I, I hope that I made a difference in his life. And I feel like at that time when I was there, um, I do feel like we, you know, I was helping him as a, you know, medically coming from a medical standpoint. And I think he was like really appreciative of all of that with what we did for him. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thank you again you know, very much. Yeah. Thank you.
No, you're welcome. Let me know when the podcast comes out. Yes, I will. I'll just I'll stop okay. the video now and then I'll just quickly say goodbye. Okay, sounds good. Bye-bye. Okay, <laughs>